Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we celebrate your success. As you thrive, you live, you grow, and you be abundant in all that you do. There are some things that you're so amazing at, and today we're here to celebrate you. Today we're going to talk about some hidden secrets uh, that will help you be able to live abundantly and to really truly succeed in your life and your business. Now, I wanted to find a couple of terms here for you because some of the things I said there can either be taken as extremely powerful and really motivate you, or they will come across as far too generic and they don't really specify anything. So I wanna to talk to you about abundance for a second. Abundance is not something that can be measured by the amount of money or the weight of the money in your bank account, nor can it be judged negatively by the bills you have due and the lack of money that you've got. On the other side of things, it's not health, and it's also not your emotions. True abundance is really actually being able to rise above, to live powerfully in the moment, regardless of the circumstances. When we can learn how to live in that true abundance, when we know the secret to success in the things we're doing in our business, and more importantly in our life, so that we can have an amazing business, then we really begin to come alive. There are some tricks, some tips, some things that you can learn from pros that will really help you be able to do better, to know better, to be better, to show up and really make that impact that you're meant to make in this world. If we will just simply follow these steps to success, we can feel the abundance within us, we can live in the midst of it, and we can show up powerfully in all that we do as we live every day as a thriving entrepreneur. I have two really great guests, and these are good interviews, so I'm going to jump right into it. Join me in welcoming Michelle Courtney Berry. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So the name of your book, Keeping Calm in Chaos, How to Work Well, Live Well, and Love Abundantly No Matter What. Tell us first, though, a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. I mean, I feel like ever since I was small, um, even though sometimes it's inappropriate that adults confided in me about their problems, it kind of really positioned me as being like a helper or a person who could try to stay calm. Like a lot of times my mom was really nervous in situations. And um, what I learned from that is like, how do you calm your nerves? So I'd be calming my mom down. And I think it's going to be a book one day. And I remember telling my mother when I was small, I'm going to write about this, right? How do you maintain perspective? And how do you make sure that um, you depersonalize as much as possible so you can have greater health and wellness. So how I show up in the world is I want to help people de-stress so they can press reset and have um, the happy lives that they were meant to have. And because job stress is like 98% of our stress and because um, so many of our health disorders are based on unmitigated stress and unresolved tension and burnout, I want to help play a role in the world stage in helping people de-stress so they can show up well and 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 live and love abundantly as we were all meant to yeah mm, i love that you know and then on top of all of that we have this wonderful little thing you know just a pandemic no big deal um called covid okay. that um threw in a whole nother tsunami of stress <laughs> on the life yeah, absolutely so yeah. um tell us a little bit about um, what inspired you to write Keeping Calm in Chaos? So I've been trying to finish it for 20 years. So if there's any other type A 
overachieving people in recovery like me out there, um, you can't write three books at once and get one done, right? So I was writing too many books at one time and I should have just been focusing on this book, but there's no point beating myself up about it. But my perfectionism and everything about um, not accepting anything that wasn't perfect or you know, re-editing and editing. So like what happened with the book is I just kept working on it endlessly and feeling like it had to be perfect. And I thought there's no such thing as perfect. If you're telling other people not to be perfect and just to shine in their light, take your own advice. So during COVID, I really buckled down and tried to tighten it up. And then um, I found myself like falling into the same traps as so many other people, like despair and hopelessness. And how long is this going to go on? I mean, I remember a time that we had to wipe down our food and then we were told we didn't have to. So like, I was just mostly focused on surviving and not thriving. So I thought, okay, how can I take the lessons from even COVID and all the things that we learned and put that in the book? And so finally we got to a point where I was like, this book just has to get finished. And I, you know, and I want to work with Steve and we were talking about this for two years. So I was like, Steve needs to see my book. And it was kind of like, I would look at your picture online and you would be so hopeful. And I, and I would watch your, your, your broadcast. And I was like, Steve is personally talking to me about how you just have to finish it because it's already done. It's the world is waiting for it. So I think once I gave up that it, and then when you publish online, you could change things. So I thought it doesn't have to be static. It can change, it can update. And so I thought, what can we learn from COVID? Um, what mistakes did I make? And I've learned the hard way that people don't want you to show up in the world perfectly. So when you share with them your failures, your missteps, your mistakes, um, your own inability to follow your own advice, people are more likely to follow you because they're like, oh, that person is a human being and they're not setting a standard above me. They're right there with me in this process. So how could I, could I write a book that was like talking to my best friend? So I hope when people read it, they feel like I'm talking to them as a friend, as a neighbor, as a concerned citizen on the planet about how do we have better lives and how do we claim the happiness that we really deserve, you know? You bring up so many great points, but let's just talk about a couple of them. You know, life happens. Um, you know, we make these grand plans and then life happens. You know, I heard the saying once, man makes plans and then God laughs. Exactly. exactly. How do we still live a powerful life when life happens and doesn't go the way we're planning? That's a great question. I think the most important thing is to accept that the plan didn't happen. So many times we rail against my plan didn't happen or we're angry with another person because they didn't follow our vision. Like we sometimes script out how we want people to answer us, how we want people to interact with us, how we want people to love us, how what, how, what we want people to say to us. And other people are just being themselves. It isn't personal. They're doing them and they're doing the things that make them feel safest in the world and they make a ton of mistakes doing because they're human. So I think getting rid of the idea that things have to happen in a perfect script, that other people have to behave a certain way, and then kind of keeping your eyes on the prize about what three major impacts do I want to make today? Or what three lifestyle shifts do I want to be a part of? Or what chaos do I wish to avoid? Or what ways am I in chaos? Like, all right, the plan didn't happen. Let's just first grieve that the plan didn't happen, but let's not keep pushing through a plan that isn't going to work. And the plan that is never going to work is to try to change another person. That isn't what you can do. So, so much energy is wasted on trying to change others when the most important thing is self-awareness and being mindful about your capacity, your limits, your boundaries, your resiliency, and what you're not good at, and not stepping into saying yes when you really mean no. Like there are times when we talk ourselves into doing things that just don't feel right. So I hope that what the book does is give you the empowerment of listening to your instinct. You won't please people. So you can't have everything. You can't have your health and say yes to everything. You can't have your health and um, stay rigid in a plan that doesn't work. You can't have your health when your gut tells you it's wrong. But you can have a, a huge supportive group of people out there in the world who think just like you that you should trust your instinct. You should be you should be okay saying no. Like a lot of us just don't set boundaries and we're angry really with ourselves, but we take it out on other people. You know. Mm, I love that so much. So we're talking about working well, living well, and loving abundantly no matter what. Let's kind of break that down into each sure. one of those. So. Sure. Um, 
you know, the, in a perfect world, we would just have a wonderful job that we love every day, you know, and there's just never any stress. Um, and then we have to actually go to work, right? Yeah. Um, so how do we work well? Okay. Um, a good way that we work well is that I think at the very top, and I do a lot of work with leadership, 60% or more of our managers have no management training. So many have just been promoted up the line, right? So a good key in working well is, do you have the proper tools to even lead? Are you a boss who bullies? Um, what kind of self-awareness do you need to bring to your A game? Because we don't quit our jobs, usually we quit our bosses. And in the toxic workplaces I've worked in and consulted for, it, it's it's just like so abundant that there there's bullying and abuse. And, and so if the top isn't following or walking the top, why would you expect anybody else to? So really talk about the top getting the appropriate training and the appropriate support for managing their own anger and dissatisfaction. Right. So this kind of bullying gets pushed downhill. So you can't work well if your boss is a bully. You can't work well if you're bullying because you're feeling bullied. Right. So we have to really eradicate our workplaces of bullying. Um, that's a really noble goal. So I think we have to really first prepare people for toxic workplaces. So do they have the skills that they need? Do they know the law? Do they know when it's time to move on? Do they know um, what their rights are? So we have to educate our people on like what's unsafe, what's discriminatory, what's toxic. Right. And then what's just somebody's like bad day. Right. And how do we differentiate? Right. So we first have to heal our workplaces and we have to have the right people in the right jobs at the right time with the right training. And I think then helping our people understand the difference between stress and burnout and finding the warning signs of burnout. We shouldn't blame burnout on employees. The burnout is on the system itself. So that's a way that we work well is we heal. And then we also provide stress management, coaching and training to people on how to how to know when they can't change the environment and can they still be safe. Reason why so many people want to work at home is there's less discrimination at home. There's less microaggressions, there's less attacks, right? So we can't just say, oh, go back to work and everybody will feel great, right? And some people haven't had the luxury to work at home because it's a different class status, right? So understanding like all those variables about working well and decreasing conflict will decrease healthcare costs. So if we decrease stress at work, we'll decrease healthcare costs and we'll decrease absenteeism and presenteeism. All right. And then the next one is how do we live well? <laughs> I, I think well, And before we go on to live well, I wanna I wanna repeat something you said because it was so good. In fact, I just texted it out, you know, I commented it on here. We don't quit our jobs, we quit our bosses. Yeah. Which is also, you know, hey, bosses, if somebody quits, um, you know, they quit you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There, I just had to bring that back out because that was yeah, so good. And there's a, there's a gap in, um, in understanding of that. Um, because we don't, it's not safe for us to say we quit because of you, right? Um, then bosses don't get the correct feedback. Um, there's times, so for instance, I think like 90% 90, 90 of people say they left because they had a better opportunity. Um, in the reality, like they really left because they let their boss was abusing them. But unfortunately, bosses think that number is like 20 percent. Right. So because they don't often get the feedback and we're not always sure about how, how honest we're going to be in exit interviews. Right. So we see a lot of abuse. We finally we speak up as much as we can and then we finally just leave. Um, and then, you know, some people aren't able to speak and other people write books about it. Like, it just depends on if you, what kind of disclosure agreements you sign. But um, so I would say that there's a disconnect between employee experience and how bosses are seeing that experience when people depart. Right. And around living, we should remove the false binary between work and life. They're not it's not work life balance as if works over here and life's over there. We've always had an integration and sometimes they are going to spill over each other, right? If you put your dog down, you're not gonna to go to work and forget that happened. So work and life are integrated and what we wanna hope for is finding a way that one doesn't overtake the other. And so many cases, work has expanded into every facet of our lives that there are people who just never stop working and they're punished when they take vacation right? They may not get the same raises or advances, or they may lose status in the organization. The way that we work is so unhealthy. So I think understanding that work and life are integrated. And I had somebody say to me, well, rest is something you can do when you die. And I thought that's why we're a sick nation. And that's why we're so, and, and so I remember when I first ran my business, I answered emails at two or three in the morning because I wanted a client to know that I was always available for them. What that 
what that did is that when I didn't answer emails at that time, it seemed like I wasn't as productive. So like I have a cutoff time when I no longer am working. I have time that's non-negotiable for meditation and workout. I meditate the same time every day. I don't take calls at certain times. I don't answer email every time it comes in, but it takes a discipline and it takes a relearning of how we blend these environments. And so I think when you understand the warning signs of when work is bleeding way too much into personal time, or when you're with your family, but you're texting, or you're at a holiday gathering and you're sending out a spreadsheet, you know, that isn't having a life. And so I think we have to find ways. I think that's why so many of us are entrepreneurs is that I want to decide when I'm working and when I'm not. And I want to decide who I'm working with and who I won't work with. So that's the way like boundary setting feels so much a part of having an abundant life and around loving abundantly. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your self-care as an act of your most precious self-love, your self-awareness and boundary setting isn't supposed to offend others. It's supposed to shine a bright light on why we're here. We're here to live our most divine purpose and to shed light and happiness. We're not here to be so beleaguered by stress and bullying and exhaustion and nonstop chaos and, 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 and a fragmentation that death is the relief. That's not the purpose. We're also not supposed to be here to be worrying so much about our death that we never have a life. So if we're self-aware, if we love ourselves and we care for ourselves, that's how we can take care of others. And that's how we heal the world. So whether you're talking about worrying about our own death, which was a really interesting one that you brought that in, or, you know, people that we've lost, especially with, again, going back to COVID, or we talk about, you know, even the more intangible, the death of you know, that job that you really worked to get and then, you know, you quit your boss because it really wasn't cool or any of those kind of things. How do we, how do we do this? And how do we grieve in a way Mm -hmm. that is empowering to us as opposed to just taking us out like grief wants to do, you know? That's such a great question. Um, I think some of us never grieve because we feel that if we'll ever let ourselves grieve, we'll never come out of the, the hole. Um, some of us, I mean, I had to go to a class to learn how to cry because I found like, what did crying get me when I was a kid? It didn't change anything. And crying isn't to change things. It's to give the body that physiological release of held up pain, pent up pain. I tell people all the time, you can cry privately, um, say the words that you wish you'd said that you didn't say, say them out loud. Like if you don't express a feeling, it doesn't go away. It sits inside your body. It creates sickness. So I think just um, if we allow ourselves to grieve when we naturally feel sad, we wouldn't feel so scared of the grief, right? And so it will take you out if you never grieve it. Um, If you never take a sick day, you'll get sick. Like um, what turned out to be one all-nighter that turned into five will lead to weakened immunity and a sickness, make you more prone to diseases and disorder, right? So um, think just giving yourself permission to say, I'm scared to grieve this because I often don't grieve. Or um, I I have another piece that I'm working on, which is a companion to this book, which is like a trauma writing exercise book. And I started writing down all these traumas and I was going to put it in this book. And I thought this is going to traumatize people. Like, that's not what I want to do with this book. I want it to be that you come to the trauma writing with like the right therapist in mind and a plan. But it's that when I started putting it on paper, these trauma stories, I was less afraid of them. It didn't kill me. Um, I did handle it. And it allowed me to feel the capacity of what was rightfully sad that I hadn't grieved previously. And I had a whole team, you know, obviously a therapist, a coach and a doctor and a, you know, an astrologist, a whole team. And, and I just, um, I realized that it didn't kill me. It made me stronger. And it made me able to sit with a lot of people come to me with their traumas and my work is very trauma informed. It allowed me to sit peacefully with somebody else's trauma and not feel traumatized by it and not feel like I had to solve it, that I was there to be present to the suffering and it united us. There's a a shared suffering in humanity that every day can't be grand. So 
there's a sadness, but I think that slipping into the abyss doesn't happen as often as we think. We're just so afraid to go there that we put it off. And I think when we give ourselves permission to say, for this, I celebrate. And today this, for this, I grieve. And then we are saying for this, I am happy. And for this, I'd be grateful. If you balance those meditations, you, you won't be sunken. You won't, you won't sink down into the tomb of despair forever. And if you feel yourself going there, there's treatment for that. That's called depression and it's completely legitimate and it's completely treatable and we should destigmatize mental health completely, right? Everybody's got something, right? So we should be able to talk openly about mental health the same way we talk about physical health openly. Mm, I love that so much. You know, you, and we could go for hours just talking about any one of those things we talk, you were talking about. But one of the things that I wanted to point out is, you know, first you have this love abundantly for yourself, but you can't do that in a bubble. You have to have those other people around you. Um, and one of the things you said that I was thinking, you know, while you were saying it is the, the biggest joy of community is, when we actually take the time to be able to say, you know, hey, I'm really not dealing well with this. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily tell everybody, but you got to tell somebody. Um, and that's then when we really understand, hey, you know what? Other people are going through it. They feel that same thing rather than that bubble. You know, that's what you said. You know, you're living in this bubble where nobody else has ever felt this. Nobody else has ever lost a parent ever yeah. before. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, the, you are not alone. And if it's happening to you at work, if it's happening to you at home, it's happening to other people. And the way that we build community is to be able to talk about things that have been considered taboo, to open the floodgates of the truth. There's so many times people are coming forward telling their truth and they're getting silenced. So there are those of us with more privilege and power. It's our responsibility to carry their story they can't tell their story. It's our privilege to speak out. It's not always safe to speak out, but there's some of us who've been called to that platform. And if we do it with the right energy, with authenticity and the truth, um, it will set us free. And so um, people who are living in those shadows of harming others, um, we should bring light to that. And we should bring light to their suffering because they're clearly not well, right? To want harm in the world. So there are ways that there's chaos that is extremely dangerous to us that we should avoid and learn how to manage. And then what I'm also sharing is that there's chaos that's good for us, actually. All chaos isn't bad, right? Like um, all conflict isn't bad, right? There's some people so afraid of even the word conflict, but conflict doesn't mean that people hate each other. Um, conflict in, in a lot of situations are People are trying to work together, but have very different perspectives or views of how to get this done. And so we should engage a lot of diverse, a lot of diverse conversation, a lot of diverse people, because we have the research that shows the more inclusive and diverse the team, the better the decisions, um, the, the healthier the organization, and the more money it makes. And so the more people express gratitude, the healthier they are. Um, the more people who don't deny their suffering, the healthier they are. So I'm I'm saying a clarion call to chaos can bring great enlightenment it can bring great harm knowing which part of chaos you want to you don't want to just go ambulance chasing like every time there's chaos or conflict running into the fire but you do want to um you do want to say like where should i show up here and how can i use my power and my voice and if i don't feel like i have power and voice who has it like i really think it's important times now that people feel free to speak their truth and that they they have advocates so we build that community, that strong tribe, knowing that we're not alone, that other people are out there breathing right there with us. Like if you've gone through some of the most horrific things that you can experience, so many of us have, somebody else has. And when they speak their story, maybe you don't even write a comment. Maybe you just read that and say, wow, that was my story. Maybe you do write a comment. But the point is, people are putting more and more out there now. Let's focus on the good of that. There's a lot of harm going on. Let's also focus on the people who have been working tirelessly forever, like to speak truth and to and to hold our, our story so that when we tell our story about perfectionism or, you know, childhood abuse or, you know, a miscarriage or all these taboo things that people weren't able to talk about previously or an alcoholic parent, like there's somebody else out there who's like, oh, that's my story too. And I think that's what unites us across all difference is that human story, that capacity that we all want love 
We all want to be recognized. We all want to be treated well. We all want to be understood. Mm, I love that so much. So give, I mean, the book is Keeping Calm and Chaos, and you can get it for free today on Amazon. But um, give us just one little tip, just something simple that somebody could do right now that would help them keep calm and chaos. Sure. Um, take 15 seconds. It doesn't take a long time. Take 15 seconds. And this is when you feel someone has harmed you, said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing, betrayed you. Don't do anything for 15 seconds. And I invite you to like think the worst things about them. Um, imagine terrible scenarios in your head. Um, rail against all the injustice for 15 seconds. And then when you're done, I need you to take a very deep breath and I want you to let it go. And I want you to know that as, as insane as it seemed, that person is not doing anything personal to you. It feels that way. They're so wrapped up in their pain and their blindness and their blind spots and their ignorance that they can't see past it. They might've gotten really bad training from significant people. Like that's their pain. That's their way of showing up. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to let them suck joy out of your life. Give it 15 seconds and breathe it in and then let it out because that kind of stuff will harm you. So let's be really careful about taking in too much of the negativity. And the other, you said one tip, the other thing is do not spend all day scrolling terrible headlines. It's terrible for our health. It won't make us stronger. It, knowing every bad thing that went on won't heal. Um, you can attend to some things, of course, but be very careful about the inputs that you take in of negative news. And then in, and there's negative things that we can do some things about. Figure out the top three things you think you can do that feels helpful for you. But the, the work is done with, with us. It, it, we, we can't change everyone, right? But we can heal ourselves and we can figure out what would make me feel better. What could I do in this terrible situation, in this horrible chaos? What could I do that makes a difference right now that would make me feel good? Knowing that, like I have a, an exercise on things you can change and things you can't change in the book. And, um, and you, you know, to one side, you put the things you have control over and the other side, things you don't have control over. And if you have other people, the weather and politicians on the side that you think you can control, that doesn't work, right? But you can run for office, you can write your politician, you can go to a march, or you can write, or you can advocate. But um, try to take on big issues in bite-sized pieces, right? Not everything. Like people will take on 50 projects and wonder why they're burned out. What's the one impactful thing you can do? What's the thing you can do with your breath? And what can you do in 15 seconds to have your anger? It's totally nothing wrong with anger. And then process it and then think, this person is very damaged to do that. What do I need to do to keep myself safe? And then tell people that what you need help on. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, people are standing by ready to be right by your side. Love that. So um, if somebody wants to go deeper with you than they can do in the book, how can they get in contact with you? Sure. So just go to my website. It's michellecourtneyberry.com. So two L's in Michelle, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-B-E-R-R-Y.com. There's an information forum on the site. Just fill it out. Tell me what you got on your mind and I'll be back in touch within 24 hours. Love that. The book is called Keeping Calm and Chaos, How to Work Well, Live Well, and Love Abundantly No Matter What by Michelle Courtney Berry. Michelle, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Don't remember, don't forget, you guys got to get your book today for free. <laughs> Michelle, thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much, Steve. You're the best. Often when we're told that success, that abundance is ours, we, we tend to not believe it. But if you will grab a hold of this secret and the things that we talked about today, you too can live abundantly and live as a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. All right, so we talked about the secret to success in your personal life, which has to come first so that you can really shine. Now let's talk about a really cool secret that if you'll grab a hold of this, can really make the products you sell on Amazon explode and thrive. Join me in welcoming Seth Hurd. Hey, Seth, how are you doing today? Doing well, Steve. How are you? I am good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, definitely. So um, I was a third-party seller for a number of years. I started back in 2015 selling on Amazon. Um, I was able to grow my brand to seven figures in five years with just a $1,000 investment initially. Um, and I exited last year to focus on our software called Brand Expand. Um, and Brand Expand helps uh, third-party sellers across Amazon, Target, Walmart, eBay, and Etsy, and other e-commerce platforms um, achieve explosive growth through product launches. So our software helps drive traffic to their listings, helps rank up their listings so they can get more organic sales. And we also help with marketing research and keyword tracking and other things like that through our software. So do you work primarily with people who are the owner of that product or Amazon sellers that are selling, you know, other people's stuff? Yeah, it's primarily uh, third-party sellers that have their own private label brands. Um, that's what, yeah, they, they, those are the sellers that really, you know, have the most potential on our, on our platform. If you're doing like drop shipping other, other people's products, it probably won't work as well because you're kind of competing for the buy box. So it's really just private label products. Okay. All right. And I heard you mention Walmart in there. So does Walmart have a uh, somewhat similar setup to what Amazon has now? Yeah, exactly. Walmart has a similar setup. They're now accepting more and more third-party sellers. They understand that, you know, third-party sellers is the key, was a major factor in Amazon's growth. And so now a lot of Third-party sellers on Amazon are migrating over to Walmart. Um, targets and invite only. eBay and Etsy are pretty self-explanatory. You can get on those platforms pretty easily. Um, but yeah, so Walmart has their own form of seller central where um, you can create your own account, create your own products, um, get on there and start selling. Interesting. Um, and are we seeing then, from what you're saying, a resurgence of eBay? I know there for a while eBay was, you know, kind of coughing up blood, not, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. So what we're seeing is really, I think that in the near future, all of these platforms are going to fall into their own specific niches. So Amazon and Walmart specifically are going to be the low price platforms if you're really looking for inexpensive products, right? eBay is, I consider eBay a, a giant garage sale. You know what I mean? Like they're selling products that are used or refurbished um, car parts, things like that, right? And so we're seeing a resurgence of that um, with regards to eBay, but you don't go on there to buy products that are new or like supplements or things like that, generally speaking. And then Etsy is really for crafty items, more thoughtful types of gifts. And Target is really for higher quality items, similar to Wayfair in the sense that you, you, know, you wanna buy your home goods and furniture on, you know, Wayfair and Target because it just looks nicer, generally speaking. So it's really about, you know, these, these platforms because there's more and more competition. Amazon is still obviously the leader. 
but these other platforms are kind of emerging and, and just carving out their own special niche in, in you know, different target demographics and what they sell. So helping a person with some and or all of those, I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening that are like, wow, that's really expensive. I'm not sure with my brand new startup business, I could afford that. How, how much does something like that really cost a person? Yeah, so as a third-party seller, you kind of have to take short-term losses, so to speak, for long-term gains. So everybody knows that when you launch a product, generally speaking, you know, the first couple of months, you're going to lose money. Um, getting your product out there, getting, you know, the sales started. And, and that's kind of the general consensus. It's really not that expensive. So we charge, um, if you're on a, one of our starter plans, we charge $4.95 per giveaway. Um, and then if you get on a paid plan, it's actually less than $2 per giveaway. And what happens is those buyers purchase the product and then they get a subsequent cash back um, offering for helping with certain things. And so you get that revenue on your platform. So it's really not too expensive um, to do this. And the long-term return is, is pretty high because um, essentially you're expediting that sales flywheel. So what would normally take you several months to rank up your product and get more exposure, get more organic sales. Now that's cut down to, you know, a couple of weeks, right? And so you're getting those sales much sooner so the long-term ROI is generally, you know, it's, 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 so, it's very much worth it. So we're talking somewhere between two and $5 um, with, yeah. and, and you're, you're investing that in a giveaway marketing type of program, basically. I mean, I'm, I'm under, I'm not doing it justice, but conceptually, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're giving your products away to, you know, a, a, a certain buyer market that's going to, you know, give feedback on your product, test your product, let you know what they think about your listing, really, you know, give you that positive feedback or constructive criticism, and also rank up your product so that more organic customers are going to find your product using specific keywords. Right. so you're, you're kind of sacrificing the, you know, the cost of your product, you're giving it away. Right. And, um, and you're taking those short-term losses to really expedite that, you know, that sales. Are there products that this won't work for? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I mean, if you're selling really expensive products, um, usually, you know, products that are $50 or more, it starts, the return starts to become a little bit harder. I mean, for example, if you're going to give away $50 products, um, you, you generally have to give away, I would say, 50 to 100 or more units in order to rank up for specific keywords. And so if you, you know, do the math and, and you're giving away your $50 products, even though you get that revenue back on the platform, generally the fees, like Amazon fees, for example, are 15% of that, right? You start to factor that all in, it starts to diminish the return on your investment. So um, if you have more expensive products, it's not going to work as well. But if you have less expensive products, usually around the twenty to thirty dollar range, that's really the sweet spot. Then it, you know it works really well. And of course, for your really inexpensive products, um, it's going to work really well for those. Because I deal with authors all day long. What about books? Yeah. Can a person do this process you're talking about with their print book? Absolutely. Yeah, we've done um, we've done several books, and. What you would do is, you know, you would just find your primary keywords for whatever search terms your, um, you know, are in your product title. You know, so for example, if you're selling like a self-help book on person, you know, investing or whatever, you would do like investing self-help or self-help for investing. You know what I mean? You'd find those primary keywords that are most relevant to your product, and you would give those keywords to us. We'd have our buyers find your book using those keywords. And then doing that multiple times will help rank up your book so that more people searching for those keywords can find your book. So we've definitely helped with a lot of authors, helped rank up a lot of books as well. That's really cool. Um, so uh, is there a best product? Like, is there a product that you're like, if you're selling this kind of a thing, absolutely, you know, home run. Yeah, great question. Um, not really a best product, but a best time, I would say. The best time 
time to use our service is there's a there's a period called the honeymoon period. A lot of people have heard of this. It's the first five to six weeks of doing a product launch. What happens is um, on all of these platforms, especially Amazon, this honeymoon period is where they hyper rank your keywords, so to speak, because they're trying to get as much data as possible, right? Just like in investing, you need a lot of data to make investment decisions, right? That's kind of how Amazon works with their algorithm. And so during that period, they hyper rank your keywords. So if you're driving traffic there, building up your organic sales for specific keywords, really getting traffic there in the first couple of weeks, you're going to see a ton of success versus, you know, doing this and using our software, you know, after six months or so. Um, so there's not really any specific product this works best for. Like I said, if it's in the $20, $30 range, that's really good. Um, definitely, if it's a popular product, it's going to work really well because we're going to get more buyers interested, right? So if it's like a really, we have a lot of these pop and fidget toys that have come through recently, right? They're huge now. Those are going to work really well. Um, if, if you're getting at the beginning of a trend, it's going to work really, really well, right? Um, and so, so yeah, there's a couple different factors, but definitely the first five to six weeks of your product launch, if you're getting it at the beginning of the trend, if it's in that price range, those are really the products we see have the most success. Hmm. I love this whole concept. Um, specifically with Amazon, can you then, do they need to be seller central based? products or could they be uh, one that's going through Amazon print on demand? That's book? a great question. Um, we've done a print on demand and it works the same. So you can do both, right? The concept of, we actually, and that's why we can do omni channel. We can do all of these different channels because really from a very high level, you're just sending traffic to either your book whether it be print on demand or what, or, or be a product that you're private labeling, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're just sending traffic there. You're trying to get more exposure, more publicity, rank it up with certain keywords so that more organic people see your product. You get more click throughs, ideally get more, you know, higher conversion rates. And, it, you know, and so it works with really any products, any type of product. So um, yeah, print on demand, it would work for as well. We've done, I think we've done a couple print on demand books. So then, I mean, again, going back to two to five dollars ish, you know, and it's mm -hmm. going to be a little different if the product is a little bit more, but, um, you know, going back to that, is there a minimum number like, you know, we want to get the person to at least a hundred of those they sold or a thousand of those they sold or what? Is there any kind of minimal number that they need to be thinking about they're going to invest in their cost of goods? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So that's, that's really hard to answer because what we do is our, our team will do keyword research to determine the ideal number of product giveaways. So if you're doing, and just for the sake of this example, like I won't do a book, it's a little more complicated because we'd have to do keyword research for a book. But if you're selling something that's highly competitive, like for example, we have a lot of people who do supplements or like apple cider vinegar gummy supplements, right? That's a highly competitive keyword or search phrase. For that, you might have to give away a thousand or more units to compete with the top listings on Amazon or Walmart. But if it's a very like, like longer tail, very niche type product, um, you, could, you could get to the first page on Amazon with you know 10 to 20 giveaways. So it really depends on how niche your product is and how niche and long-tailed your keywords are or how competitive they are, right? Think about, you know, some of the most competitive keywords on Amazon, like weight loss supplement. You would have to do thousands of giveaways to, to even get near the first page just because of how competitive it is. And once a person's then reached, uh, you know, they've gone through this, they've done a hundred, a thousand, whatever, you know, their category needs. Um, mm -hmm. How long does this uh, take to go between I invested the money and now I'm actually starting to get, you know, actual sales where the people are actually paying me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty quick, right? Because what happens is within a few days, you're ranking up for your targeted keywords. You really want your, at least your top three to five keywords. And if you want to know what your primary, your secondary, your tertiary keywords are, right? Just look at your product title. They should have your most relevant keywords. 
you really want to be ranking up for those, right? And if you start ranking up using our software, I mean, you're going to start ranking up within a few days. And now people that are searching for that organically are finding it and purchasing it. So what you see is you'll see a combination of the giveaways that we're doing in addition to um, organic purchases. And you're going to see those both kind of grow, right? Um, and ideally, by the end of the launch, you have way more organic purchases than you have giveaways. And you've kind of expedited that whole sales flywheel, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been talking a lot about your software. Um, mm -hmm. Is the software then something that they purchase or it's an internal program that you guys use and you just run the campaign for them? Or uh, what yeah. of that can you tell me? Yeah, for sure. So we used to do all of this manually. Um, I did it for about two years. We would basically hold the client's hand, um, but we had scaling issues, right? We could only do about 30 launches at the same time. And we off, we would hit that ceiling a lot. And so, you know, naturally we, you know, created a SaaS to be able to accommodate more sellers. So now you can go onto the software. We have a freemium subscription, so you can sign up for free and poke around in the software. We have a full demo tutorial on the main dashboard. This software took us two years to develop and more money than I care to even mention to develop this software. And so the, you know, the hope is now that, you know, sellers can go on and, and watch the tutorial videos we have and set up their own product launches. And if you have any questions, we have, you know, a team of success reps that will help you and guide you through the process. Um, but once you do one launch and kind of see the ROI, and see how it all works. Uh, we have a lot of sellers that are like, wow, I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't even know this existed, the solution existed. So, um, so, so it's really a hands-off type of thing. We do have a lot of reps that work with us and, and we have a chat feature in our software too. You can just go and send us a message and you know, we'll respond pretty quickly during regular business hours. So what is the fee to get is it a monthly fee or is it a one-time fee or how does a person get access to your app, you know, to your software? Yeah, exactly. So if you go to brandexpand.us, you can sign up there. Um, and then when you sign up, you'll be on the free tier. So the way it works is the free tier is just $4.95 per giveaway. Um, and then for any platform outside of Amazon, you can actually request reviews too. And that's $5 per review request. Um, Amazon, we don't do review requests because they're very weird about reviews. Um, and then if you sign up for subscriptions, we have the brand expander tier, which is our mid subscription. And then the brand master tier, which is our high level. The brand expander is $3.95 a month. And then what that gives you is 200 giveaways. So you get what we call giveaway credits. And those come out to $1.97 each if you take the $3.95 divided by 200 credits, right? It comes up to $1.97 per giveaway and you get 200 giveaways each month. So you'll get 200 the first month. If you use them up, you can get another 200, et cetera. And then for our higher volume sellers, generally seven to nine figure sellers, they usually go on the brand master plan and that's 500 giveaway credits. So they really can do whatever they want. If they wanna try it out, they can just go on the brand starter plan. It's free. It's just a pay as you go type plan. And then um, if you find that it works really well for you and you're a higher volume seller, you can choose one of the paid plans. So this is $4.95 on the lower end um, mm -hmm. plus whatever my cost of goods is, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure people... Um, mm -hmm. And what control do I have over it not just blowing up and being like a thousand people want it and poof, I just spent $5,000. Oh, yeah, no, good question. Um, yeah, so you can go in the software and when you set up your launch, you can specify how many you want to give away per day. Um, you can get really, you know, dive down into it and do a specific number of giveaways per day. Like we, what we call a staircase approach where you start with maybe one giveaway and then go to two, three, four, et cetera, um, to kind of start your launch off slow. And so we're going to give away that number of units per day. So you're not going to have a situation where it's like, whoops, we just gave away 5,000 units. And now you're, <laughs> now you have no way to fulfill that inventory or, or pay the fees or whatever. So 
um, we get down very granular and you're able to go through the, there's four different steps to set up a launch, um, put in your keywords, all that type of stuff, which you can find out when you watch the tutorial in the software. I wish I could watch a tutorial while we're talking. I don't want to, you know, like hop out of the conversation to go watch your tutorial, but I'm so interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, you know, it's funny. We just we launched in December. This has taken a long time to develop. I created this because I started consulting, and I noticed that a lot of my clients were, you know, wanting to to do product launches, and there wasn't really a great solution out there. And so I spent two years creating the solution, and now you know we're doing a lot of cold calling and, and reaching out and setting up, you know, different podcasts and people are like, oh, I didn't know this existed and I want to learn more. Um, so we're really excited to roll it out, especially for Omnichannel. There are some solutions for Amazon, but really nothing really for Walmart, Target, eBay or Etsy. And so, um, and yeah, so it's really exciting to kind of be in the space and, and, um, and yeah, what I would say is, you know, you can sign up for a free account and, um, check out the video on the main tutorial. It's about a 20 minute video and it will walk you through the entire software and kind of teach you more about it. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so what do you, how do I even ask this question? Um, I'm so distracted by your website because it is brandexpand.us. Mm -hmm. So much good information here on it. So um, I was thinking while you were saying it, even a person doing a website and, and excuse me for going totally left turn in Albuquerque on your site here, but even uh -huh. a person doing a website, the concept of nailing keywords is so important, sure. you know, especially when you're talking about uh, searched, you know, what are people looking for kind of mm -hmm. keywords versus just, you know, well, my product's about this, so this should be my keyword, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I could see this working just even in regular SEO space for a website. Am I, am I totally off base here or, or what do you think? No, I mean, that's a great point and, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's not really our space to, to help with SEO on website, but yeah, I mean, you could, for example, and the reason we do Omnichannel we actually have like a drop down feature when you import a product it could be from any in any channel like literally we've helped with chewy.com we've helped with home depot like we help with anything because the concept is we can take our our whole buyer network and send them to your site for example if you you have a shopify site using certain keyword phrase and that will tell google seo for example we can get them to go to google and then find your site type in a certain keyword right and click through your site and that's going to tell Google's algorithm that these keywords are relevant to your website. So it, it, it really works with um, so much more than just giveaways, you know. Um, it's really just driving traffic, targeting specific keywords that are relevant to your product or your service. If it's a website, you know, you're selling a service. I am loving this so much. So and just to clarify, because I'm pretty sure you said this, but I want to make sure I'm clear. If a person starts out at the free level, they can move up to the brand expander, brand master, or even have their own custom enterprise solution um, as their company grows, as their product grows, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the intention is, you know, you come on as a brand starter, you're just getting started out, and then you use the pay-as-you-go feature, you kind of grow a little bit. We say that, you know, the Brand expanders really for five to six figure sellers, and then the brand masters really for your seven to nine figure sellers. So it's really, you know, built. We built this to cater to to you as you grow your business. And then we do have some aggregators we work with that are on the enterprise level plans that um, need a better, you know, a, a bigger solution than the master plan. So how often should you run this uh, promotion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it works best during new product launches, right? If you're just launching a product or like you said, a book or print on demand book that you really want to get out there, you want to get some eyeballs on your listing, start ranking up those keywords, it's going to work best for a new launch. That's where we see the most success hands down. But if you have instances where, for example, you run out of inventory, you know, which we saw a lot of with the whole pandemic, you know, this shortage of supplies from China, we saw a lot of people run out of inventory. And so what happens is all your keywords get, you know, 
de-indexed or ranked really low because you don't have inventory. So you'd want to come back and do what we call a relaunch to get those keywords ranked back up. Um, or if for whatever reason your ranking has dropped, maybe you have a seasonal product, you're selling products for Christmas or for Easter or whatever it may be, and you want to get your keywords ranked before that. We just did um, a couple of products for Valentine's Day, right? We ranked them up before Valentine's Day so that when people started searching for them, they were already at the top of you know, the page for those primary keywords. Um, and that kind of, I wanted to segue into Etsy too. We, we've helped with Etsy launches and the success we're seeing on Etsy is just insane. Um, with you know, 50 to 100 giveaways, we're ranking up this person's necklace for like best Valentine's Day gifts for my wife, or you know, these these keywords that have you know two to three million searches right before Valentine's Day. He's you know at the top of the page. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, to answer your question, new product launches it's going to work best for, um, or if you want to do a relaunch because you're getting de-index or your keyword ranking is lower or you ran out of inventory for whatever reason. Um, it's really anytime you want to rank your product and your keywords up, you know, you can use our service. This is so cool, Seth. I, like you said, I'm on your website right now. Um, I'm trying not to be too distracted by going through it while we're talking. <laughs> it is brandexpand.us. Um, and, uh, you know, a person just needs to go there and try it out for free. I mean, watch the video. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to have the listeners do um, or that you need from them? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, we're cross between a SaaS and um, like hands, a hands-on service company. So I started this consulting. And so we really like to give our clients a lot of attention. Even if you're just starting out, we love to build the network of sellers and to provide value. And unlike a lot of you know, SaaS solutions out there, we're going to respond to you quickly if you use a chat feature. We're going to hold your hand through, throughout the entire process. I know that a lot of this is new for people, and it's kind of hard to understand how it works. And so if you have any questions and you go to the site and you're kind of sitting there scratching your head, reach out to us in our chat feature. Reach out to me, Seth, at brandexpand.us, and you know, we'll get you with one of our success reps. We'll hold your hand through the process and get you launched and ranked up for your top keywords, get your product out there to the masses. For a person who doesn't know what you mean by SaaS, can you uh, define that uh, for them? Yeah, software as a service. That's the, the, new, the new trending name for this type of software, software as a service. Well, Seth, I appreciate so much. Like you said, this is so cool. Um, mm. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of time here with us on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Steve, for having me. I appreciate it, and um, good talking with you. Amazing secrets to really being able to successfully sell on Amazon. Something that each of us needs to know how to do and then do successfully. That's why we bring in professionals like Seth that can do things like that for us and expand us to a level that we maybe never even contemplated before having met somebody like him. And that often is the biggest secret to really truly thriving. Making use of the skills and talents of other people and using their ability and what they love and thrive at to also help you show up in the world because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And oh yes, the world does need you. I hope you know it, you feel it, and you are thriving in everything that you do. And until we're together again next time, that you're happy, safe, warm, and loved, and that you have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-